0: So, um <clears throat> when she called this week and we were discussing what we were going to do, um, I said to Alvin, I said, "Well, if you can't find somebody i'll I'll speak Sunday <laughs> um, I spoke in Halifax a few weeks ago, and I thought, well you know i'll just I'll just do that." <laughs> that doesn't work because <laughs> I thought oh well you know there's a lot going on this week it'll be easy I'll just well that is not where the Lord led this morning um, I should have known better because that's not usually what happens I laughed because I used to tease my dad my dad's a, as you guys most of you know it was a pastor and he'd say oh well I you know I'm getting ready to speak at this place I said well dad I said I say this to him now that he's retired I said dad I said you've got how many different sermons tucked away in a box somewhere that you've preached over the years I said just dig one of those out he said, I can't do that. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. Anyway, <clears throat> so um, I'm not really sure. Yeah, I, I think, yeah. I'm going to talk on prayer this morning. Um, there's a, 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 probably maybe an unlikely scripture was one that the Lord brought to me that I think it's, it has lots of, um, it's a great story about answered prayer, but it's also one I think we can take some lessons from. So I'm going to read this morning from 1 Samuel. Chapter one. If you'd like to turn with me there, you're welcome to do so. I'm going to read from <clears throat> I'm going to read the whole chapter. Um, and I'm reading from the new Living Translation this morning so <coughs> excuse me. There was a na- man named Elkanah, I think that's how you pronounce it, who lived in Ramah in the region of Zuf, in the hill country of Ephraim. He was the son of Jer- Jeroh- Jeroham son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuth, of Ephraim. Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Pena- hmm.
1: Peninnah. We don't know her anymore. know. I have
0: to think about it. I've, I've, I've read this five times and kept thinking, I've got to remember how to pronounce her name. Anyway, so Peninnah had children, but Hannah did not. Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's armies at the tabernacle. The priests of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. On the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Peninnah and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. So Peninnah would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Panina would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Why are you crying, Hannah, Elkanah would, would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having 10 sons? Once, after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. After she made this vow, "'O Lord of Heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow "'and answer my prayer and give me a son, "'then I will give him back to you. "'He will be yours for his entire lifetime, "'and as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, "'his hair will never be cut.'" As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. Seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound, he thought she she had been drinking. "'Must you come here drunk?' he demanded. "'Throw away your wine.' "'Oh, no, sir,' she replied. "'I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger. "'But I am very discouraged, "'and I am pouring my heart out to the Lord. "'Don't think I am a wicked woman, "'for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow.' "'In that case,' Eli said, "'go in peace. "'May the the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him.' "'Oh, thank you, sir,' she exclaimed. "'Then she went back and began to eat again, "'and she was no longer sad.' The entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. Then they returned home to Ramah. When Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea. And in due time, she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. The next year, Elkanah and his family went went on their annual trip to offer the sacrifice to the Lord. But Hannah did not go. She told her husband, Wait until the boy is weaned. Then I will take him to the tabernacle and leave him there with the Lord permanently. Whatever you think is best, he agreed. Stay here for now, and may the Lord keep you, help you keep your promise. So she stayed home and nursed the boy until he was weaned. <clears throat> when the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh. They brought along a three-year-old bull for the sacrifice and a basket of flour and some wine. After sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. Sir, do you remember me, Hannah asked. I am the woman who stood here several years ago, praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy, and he has granted my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worshiped the Lord there. So most of us know who Samuel is, I would assume, um, being such a, a, he was the, I think they said, a judge and a prophet. If I'm not mistaken, he was the last judge. I'm not good on my history. Is that right? I know. Anyway, um, whatever. So I think that um, one of the things I read about Samuel, which I think was kind of cool, came out of this story, is that they called him a child of prayer because he was conceived as a result of Hannah's prayer. Um, And also, if you read through his life, he also was a man of prayer himself. So I think that's, you know, as an aside, that's also a beautiful legacy of a praying mom, right? You know, he 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 was conceived in prayer, and he continued to do that his whole life. Um, not just the fact that this is a really nice story and a great example of God answering an amazing prayer, but I think there's a few lessons that we can take from this, or at least ones that I, I take, as I always, I'm teaching to my, think of it for myself, so... And one of the things we talked about this morning, actually what happened this morning really led into a lot of what I'm going to talk this morning, which is very typical, isn't it? <laughs> the Lord knows what he's doing here. But we talked about um, uh, persistent prayer or pray without ceasing, always mentioned this morning. So often when we have a concern or a struggle that we need to pray about, or sometimes we just we offer up a quick prayer and we go on our way. But there is, um, there's a lot to be said for continually praying or persistent praying, praying without ceasing. Um, in this passage, we, we only see in this passage one instance of her praying, but this was going on for many years. My guess is that was not the only prayer she ever sent up to the Lord on that about that. Um, in that culture and in that time, um, having children was um, was. Very important for women. It was very important for the family unit to to have children to carry on their line, um, as well as the fact that they were usually um, needed the children to work in the to support the family and all that kind of stuff. So if you were a woman who was barren, that is very very shameful. Um, in that culture as well, as in a lot of cultures nowadays too, there's this whole um, idea of honor and shame, and that would be a very big thing having. Um, you would bring shame, not just on yourself, but on your whole family by being barren. Um, so th- there's huge implications for this woman to not have children. Pardon me?
2: Especially for a male
0: child. Yes, you needed a male child to continue Childers. on the line. That's right. That's right. right. So so when you see this, she she was praying a lot. Like, I'm sure she was praying for many years, and she was praying persistently. Um, so... I'm going to make you guys work this morning because that's what I do. Um, I have some scripture verses that talks about persistent prayer that I love you. If anybody could look them up, if you have your Bible. Um, Luke 18, 1 to 8. Who can do that one? Ange, thank you. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Somebody put their hand up. They're going to look that one up. Thanks, Bonnie. Um, Ephesians 6, 18. Wilma, thank you. All right. There will be more opportunities. Don't worry. Because you're a small crowd, you might have multiple ones. <laughs> Alright, <coughs> so Luke eighteen, one to eight. And
1: now he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray not to lose hurt, saying, In a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man. There was a widow in that city, and she kept coming to him saying, Give me legal protection from my opponent. For a while he was unwilling, but afterward he said to himself, Even though I do not fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal legal protection, otherwise by continually coming she will wear me out. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now, will not God bring about justice for his elect who cried to him day and night? And will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, find
0: faith on the earth? Okay. So in this parable, which most of us have probably heard before, the woman just pestered the poor judge straight to death <laughs> until he finally agreed to help her, right? Like, it just, he probably she probably just drove him crazy. So, and, and, and Jesus goes on to say, if this unrighteous judge will do that because of the persistent persistence of this woman, how much more so will our God who loves us? Do it, right? Yeah, First Thessalonians five seventeen. Pray without ceasing. Mm. Short one but <laughs> it's big, right? Um, and it's not it, one. I mean, yes, it means to go through continual prayer, like mm-hmm. as far as that, live a prayer for life. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also saying it's that whole persistency yeah. in bringing yeah. a request to the Lord, right?
1: and don't give up I think too. and don't give up yeah. yeah yeah and and i and that's a
0: hard thing yes. when you when you you could go i mean we all know years of praying yeah. for things yeah. you know that's right and you know praying for the salvation of our friends or family yes. praying for health issues yes. um pray, you know all these things that we bring before the lord continually yeah. for years
1: <laughs> but he is able. He yeah, is able right.
0: he is able, but it can be very oh, it can be very yeah. hard to keep asking and we look at Hannah and she kept asking for many years yeah um, ephesians 6:18 oh my.
1: never stop praying especially for others always pray by the power of the spirit stay alert and keep praying for God's people mm-hmm.
0: Amen. Yeah. so to keep keep on keeping on yeah right. So the second thing that I, I took from this um, and I see it see Hannah doing this is t- despite her struggles, despite the things that she, she was very I'm sure very discouraged about and having to put up with the other wife drive, you know taunting her and putting her down for not being um, not having children and all of those things and probably the shame in the in her community and amongst other people, um, despite all of this, she still followed God. Mm-hmm. Um, it talks about how they would go. I mean, in this in this time, um, this there wasn't a lot of people who were very serious about following God in Israel. Um, there was a lot of um, a lot of people who were not following hard after God during this time because there was no judge, I believe, it, before Samuel, and they were kind of in a moral decline. So for them to continually still go i think it's like three times a year or whatever go to do the feb- the the worshiping at the temple it would have been a journey and doing all of that that would that takes some commitment and he could have gone like her husband could have gone and she could have stayed home you know but she still went with him like she still wanted to worship she still went to the temple herself so so following following god in her case following jesus despite our struggles sometimes isn't an easy thing um if you're, if you're, in a situation where you're either like your health or your family or your, all the things that are bearing down on you, often it's easy to feel discouraged, to um maybe not be real happy with God, um, uh, not uh, and and you move away, right? Sometimes we move away from God because God doesn't go anywhere, but we move away, um, and it's okay to tell Him how you feel. It's okay. To, To be mad at him. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to doubt. Um, But it's the moving away that's the problem. It's Mm -hmm. the the not committing to that. It causes us more problems. Mm -hmm. So, sorry? Pray when I was
3: ceasing, it's a reminder not to give up. Yeah. Uh, The gal that shows for us, Elizabeth, uh, she's a, I can only describe her as a wholesome young girl. She's very clean, living, just a nice mm-hmm. individual, not a party or a smoker, a drinker, nothing. She's just a clear, wholesome young lady. Yeah. And in, but she doesn't know the Lord. Mm-hmm. And we've been praying since we met her almost two years ago now. Yeah. For her salvation. Because uh, she sees that in us. She's with yeah. us and we pray with her in front of her <coughs> every time we do something. Mm-hmm. But she's very open to that. And the other day out of the blue, she said to me, I think I should go to church with you some Sunday. Yeah, well. So, you know, God's working on her. Yeah. And he's answering he's working mm-hmm. on our prayers too, and yeah. All in his time but
0: And that and that's why it's important, like you said, not to stop yeah. praying and not to not to get discouraged in, in that, which is it's difficult to mm-hmm. do that, so um, all right, so let's take a look at uh, three more scriptures. Um, who I have Job thirteen fifteen. Anybody want to look up Job? Alvin, you want to look that up for me? You said. Um, so 13, Job thirteen fifteen. Um Shane, I saw your hand. Galatians six nine. And then I have sec Mike, Second Corinthians four, eight to eighteen. You've got a big one. <laughs> oh. <coughs> now, do you wish you didn't yeah, put your head up? Corinthians second Corinthians four. four. Okay. Sec, Se- you you're okay. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> you you got until the other two are read right before yeah, you have no, to say anything. So, second Second <laughs> Corinthians four, yeah. verses eight, eight, eight to eighteen. Yeah. All right. So, Alvin, Job thirteen fifteen. This Job is a great example <laughs> of struggles. <laughs>
2: Me too. I will continue to trust God, even if it kills me. even if he kills me. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. Okay, so those of you who uh, know about Job, tell me about Job.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> he praised the Lord and
1: praised the Lord, but okay. um, he lost everything. Mm-hmm. And it was a, I don't know if you'd say it was a dialogue, but the, yeah. the exactly. devil said, <laughs> I'm going <make> to <laughs> take this and I'm going to take this.
0: Mm-hmm. that's a tough, one. That's a tough
1: yeah, one that is a tough one I've always
0: struggled with Job I think mm-hmm. a lot of us have because mm-hmm. Job but I, I think I, I mean we see he, he just went through <laughs> I mean I don't think he well short of death he went through a lot short yeah. of death like they the didn't Lord take his life said, take
3: anything but don't touch him
0: exactly yeah he just you know he's, he still lives but I mean he, they t- took his family yeah. took his wealth Took his um his well his friends his turned against him too, his health yeah himself. he his health like it was he they took like everything was taken away from him but yet, yet he still praised around. the Lord yeah he was nothing yeah he was, nothing. Yeah he, was oh, okay. nothing yeah he he was in in ashes at yeah. one point of, you know like even the shade of the tree yeah but yet yeah. he says even still I will praise God praise him Pray like to that's
1: <laughs> if I need a joke fun fact which changes the way you read it sometimes. Uh, many scholars believe Job is actually the first chronological book of the Bible. Exactly. And when mm-hmm. you understand, when <coughs> after I learned that information and reread Job, especially after oh, the conversation mm-hmm. with Satan in the garden, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden we have a new book where Satan is still talking. Yeah. He's uh, he's actually, and it, it actually does change yeah. the way you read the book, if you recognize it right. as the first recorded. Right. Yeah. They well, said it was written. you know, it's just, it's it just—it almost does. Yeah. It almost does, and yeah.
0: then the progression of
1: the fall from
0: there too. That yeah. So. yeah. yeah. Just, that's exactly. That. Yeah. Let's but it, but you're we right. It that. Mm. Yeah. 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 Well, if you read any of the Bible plans that that mm. don't do it chronologically, mm. it's like yeah. yeah. You you read it. I think it's you start reading it right after the fall. Yeah. Like it's you basically a, read the first three verses of of and Genesis yeah, and then you yes, start reading Job. That sense. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, thanks, Angela. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay, um, Galatians six nine.
2: And let us not be weary in well mm-hmm. doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Mm-hmm.
0: That's right. It's uh, it's sometimes hard to continue when you're feeling like everything else is falling apart, right?
4: Yeah.
0: Second Corinthians four verses eight to eighteen, Mike. <coughs>
4: We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to, to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. I believed and therefore I spoke. We who we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace having spread through The many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary but the things which are not seen are eternal.
0: Thank you. That, there's a lot in that passage, but I wanted it to be read all of it to be, mm. I mean the 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 points that I would pull from it for this conversation. I mean there's whole you could do a whole message series on that part, on that passage, but the parts that were pressed but not crushed. Mm. These things that are happening here are are temporary, even though they feel like they aren't, um, and it, it's it's Christ. So following hard after Christ, even in the middle of all of those, that's that's where we're, you know, that's why we are not crushed. That's why we are not completely obliterated. I, I love that. I like even before that, we didn't read it, but the whole, the treasure and clay jars, and that's an amazing Chapter. If you want to read that when you go home, it's a good one. Um, all right. So the the next point that I pulled from this is um, is that when we are praying for something, persistently praying for a specific situation, s- often surrender is also required. <coughs> um, so in verse 11 of our original text of 1 Samuel 1, it says, And she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, which is also in other versions, O the Lord of hosts, which we talked about. I think that you read that in Psalm this morning as well. The Lord of hosts. O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He'll be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. So... If you read this at first and not really delved into it, you might think she's trying to bargain with God, which is not necessarily a good thing. Which we might have all done at some point in time in our lives. <laughs> Lord, if you'll do this, I'll do this. Um, but I don't believe that this is really bargaining with God. This is actually an act of surrender, because, like this, this I find my head has a hard time grasping this. This woman is saying to God, "If you will give me." my heart's desire the thing that i have longed for and wanted and prayed for for years and years and years i will give him back to you yes exactly and she did so it it says a little bit later that you know after he was weaned which they say is usually around like 3 or 4 um and in jewish culture it was around 3 or whatever they he, she dropped him off at the tabernacle and left him there exactly <laughs> i mean when she saw him probably three the three times a year that she'd go back to worship like
2: well, that happened
0: with many. It did, but this woman—can you imagine though? She, like, usually they have a whole passel of kids, so they'll drop one off. Not that I'm saying that that's a good thing, but you know, you know, it's still—it's still hard because you. Still, I mean, I'm not saying you wouldn't love your kids, but, but still, I'm just saying, I'm thinking to myself, this woman who is praying for some, you know, a child that she has wanted for her whole life. I don't know how old she is, but she might be menopausal for all I know at this point. I don't know, you know. She could very well never have another child after this. It does record later that she does, but she this could be her one and only, and yet she's willing to surrender him completely to the amazing.
1: Lord. Amazing, amazing. It shows a depth of, I don't know why. I mean, if, if someone
2: gave me that story, I'd say, no, if I can't keep him, I don't want him. Don't okay. give me
1: one. Don't yeah. give
2: me one. You yeah. know, honestly, yeah. I would. Yeah.
1: I would say if I've got to give that child out, then I don't want to. Yeah. I, I mean, don't want to have one. You don't know to. I mean?
0: Yeah. I, yes, I, I, I know what you mean. Like you just. But oh, it, it is. Just, it's big. Like yeah. if you're, if you know That's that big. what, what if you ask for something and then you immediately have to, would have to give. It. Like your, she's promised. I mean, the Lord's not, ta- not requiring this of her. This no, is something she is. She wants. Something. Voluntarily. Yes. Um, and then when we look at this though. If you if you delve a little deeper, if you look at this, every good gift comes from God anyway, Amen. and everything belongs to Him anyway.
1: Well, absolutely, and every right? child is certainly I guess, so. But it doesn't make God. it any easier. But I'm
0: just saying, like, and I mean, I, this is not necessarily. Like, if we, we may be praying for something very hard, something mm-hmm. that we really want or need or mm-hmm. desires of our heart, um, and sometimes the Lord you'll have to surrender mm-hmm. something. doesn't mean, and like, I, I, I don't know, I can't judge where we're, all of us are at, but it may be that we have to surrender something in the, in mm-hmm. the prayer as well. So were mm-hmm. you going to say something, Alvin? I
2: was just saying, in the absence of a child form, in the bearing of that, maybe it was a situation that she really wanted to give something to God, and maybe that was a problem. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, and
0: Well, and that's the other yes. thing. She was, but I think the point of that, well, yeah, but the point of this all is, is that she was coming about, like, th- often we pray for the desires of our hearts, and they're not necessarily the God-given desires of our hearts. No. Not always, but sometimes. Mm-hmm. But to me, this, is, this would be a God-given desire of our heart. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, if, if you don't know, you probably a lot of you do, but if you don't know the story of Samuel, read mm-hmm. it. Because the legacy and the work that Samuel did for the Lord going forward from that, like right from the time he entered the tabernacle almost, the Lord was with that man, and he did some mighty things for God. So I mean, this was all part of God's plan. Exactly. We know that exactly. in hindsight, but Hannah didn't at the time. Maybe she might have
2: had
0: a field. Well, the Spirit would have been leading her. We know that. Yes. We know that to be able to do that. But still, it's it's it, it's a it's a big. It's a big thing, and what I, I guess the point of this all is, is that if God gives us a desire for something, and we are we are praying for that desire, mm-hmm. it sometimes also requires a sacrifice or a, mm. a surrender of things, whether or not we end up having to sacrifice anything, but we have to be willing yes. to be surrendered to Him. So let's look at some scriptures again. Um, I have James 10:17. Who would like to look that one up? Louise, will you look one up for me? Would you, James 10:17? Um, Matthew 16, 10. Matthew 16, 24 to 26. And somebody's going to have to do a duplicate. And I'm going to start sure. back with you again. Okay. Mark 10, 17 to 22.
1: Sorry, what was the Matthew
0: one again? Matthew 16, 24 to 26. And Mark? Mark 10, 17 to 22. All right, so we'll start with the James 1. James 10:17. Whenever you're ready, Louise. I give the rest of them time to look theirs up too. <laughs> oh, you have the message. Uh, no, it doesn't matter. I, message is good James too. Again? James 10:17. that's not Five right. <laughs> I wrote it down wrong. I'm like, there's not 10, ten chapters yeah, in days. Okay. Um. Uh. Let's see here. Oh, no. We'll up all the 17. If it's three, 17. It might be. Hang on. It might be one seventeen. Oh. I might have had a zero is. in there. Yes, it's one seventeen. Yeah. I'm so sorry. It like it's not. T- yeah. There's no ten. It's it's chapter one. I got a zero in there when it shouldn't have. So my ten. fingers, my typing fingers, didn't work. All right, yeah, James 1.17.
2: The gifts are a river of light cascading down from the Father of light. There is nothing deceitful in God, nothing too faced, nothing fickle. He brought us to life using the true word, showing us up as the crown of all his creatures.
0: Thank you. Thank you, yeah. And we all, we know it. probably some of us have memorized that at some point in time. And isn't there a song, too? There's a song for everything. <laughs> There's a song, yeah. So every good and perfect gift comes from the Father, yeah. All right, um, Matthew 16, 24
3: to 26. And this is Jesus words himself, he then said Jesus to Jesus and his disciples, If any man will come after me, let like him deny himself, and take up his cross and follow me, for whatsoever will save his life shall lose it. whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he Shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul. What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. That one's probably one of the harder passages. Um, Taking up our cross and follow him. In a lot of cases that means... uh, following following him isn't always easy, right? Doing the things that are not um, mm-hmm. that are countercultural mm-hmm. that people maybe won't understand, right? Yeah. Thanks, Ken. All right, marks ten, seventeen to twenty two this is a story that's kind of the opposite in some ways, but
1: as he was setting out on a journey, a, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, "Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life?" And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these things from me. You Looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him and said to him, One thing you lack, go and sell all you possess and give to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven and come, <coughs> follow me. But at these words he was saddened, and he went away grieving,
0: for he was one who owned much prosperity, mm-hmm. much property. Yeah. So um, to clarify, it doesn't mean that anybody who has anything should sell everything and give to the poor. That's not necessarily the prerequisite to go to heaven, obviously. Um, but what Jesus was asking of this man uh, is where your treasure is. It's where your, it's, it's where your heart is. And for this man, his heart was with his wealth. And there was just no way. Jesus knew he loved this man. He looked at him with love. And he knew that that would be a hard thing. That would not be something he could surrender. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily that Jesus asks us to give everything up. But we have to be willing to give everything up if he asks. And, that's, and hold, hold what we have with open hands. Mm-hmm. And that's not an easy thing. Because it's easier to grasp um, things um, than it is to let it be open. Um, all right. So the next point I had was um, was about intercessory prayer. Big word for having people pray for you. <laughs> um, so in the passage, after Hannah offered her prayer up to the up to God, um, we know Eli said, "Well, you're drunk," because the way she was acting, whatever. But when he realized that that was not the case, he actually prayed for her. He said in, in verse... I mean, it was more a blessing prayer. Mm-hmm. Verse 17, he says, Go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. So having our prayers offered up by others is very important. Um, we do this on Sunday mornings. It's, uh, I think it does a lot of things. One... There's a lot of prayer in praying, having people pray on your behalf. Um, there's there's some there's power, sorry, a lot of power of people praying on your behalf, mm-hmm. um, and having people join together and praying of one accord. Um, but it also, I believe, joins us together in bonds, spiritual bonds of unity that wouldn't necessarily happen as much if you if you didn't have that. And it also encourages the one that needs prayer. I mean, I look at, um, was it just last week when were, we were praying for Ashley? And, you know, that would be a huge encouragement to her to have us gathering around her and praying for her. Um, you don't feel like you're walking it alone, even mm-hmm. though, yes, the Lord's walking with you. But but to have your brothers and sisters around you yes. and walking with you on hard roads is mm-hmm. is huge. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's a big thing. So... It's talked about in Scripture, so we're going to read a few Scripture verses here. So, um, okay, Galatians 6:2. You can do that, Alvin. Perfect. First uh, Timothy 2:1. Shane, okay. And James 5:13 to 16. Bonnie, thank you. All right. So Galatians 6:2, Alvin. Whenever you're ready. It's okay. It gives other people a chance to find theirs, too. So it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Galatians 6.2. Help each other. Another version says, "Bear one another's burdens." Some of us who have memorized scripture from the King James version, that's you talk about bearing each other's burdens. Uh-huh. Yeah, First um, Timothy two one. Who did Oshae?
4: Oh, yeah. Exhort therefore, first of all, uh, supplications, prayer, intercessions, thanksgiving, be made for all men.
0: Yeah. And when it says "men," it means all people. <laughs> yeah. So prayers, offering prayer up. So these these are actually scriptures telling us to do what we already know we should be doing. So this is good. Um, James five thirteen to 16. Is anyone among you suffering? Let
1: him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing songs. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with the oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another, and pray for one another, that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much.
0: Mm-hmm. That last, that last one, effective, fervent prayer. Yeah, yeah. So praying together, praying for each other, um, and praying consistently. All right, so the last lesson that I got out of this was um, a thankful heart. So we didn't read chapter 2 of Sam, 1 of Samuel, but if you get a chance, um, the first part is really quite good. It's, um, it's the prayer of Hannah herself. It's her prayer of praise. And I find it interesting because I did read it, and it's all about, you know, praising the Lord for what he's done. Um, And, you know, she could be in a very different place because I'm not sure when she wrote that, like, when she prayed this. Was it right before she dropped her her son off at the tabernacle? Was it after she did? Was it, like, where? But there's no mention of giving him up or the surrender. It's all about praising God for the fact that he blessed her with a son and for who he is, right? So um, praising and thanking God, not just... When the prayer is answered, but all through is a very important thing, right? So we're gonna have uh, I've got four scriptures here to look at. So Psalm nine one. Like Ange? Philippians four six. ready? Would you like to do that one, Mama? Okay, Philippians four six. First Thessalonians five eighteen. Mike, can you look that one up for me? Okay. And Ephesians five twenty. Okay, thank you. All right. <clears throat> all right, so Psalm 9-1, whenever, whenever you're ready.
1: I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. Mm-hmm. I will tell of all your wonders. In
0: mm-hmm. yeah. and another, and another uh, version, it says all your wonderful deeds is another way of saying it too. So it's who he is. Not just what he's done, but who he is and what he's done. Yeah. Philippians four verse six. I can't remember who said they would get that. Oh, that's all right. Four. What was it? Four verse 6 Six.
4: Yeah. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. With thankful hearts, offer up your prayers and requests to God. There you go.
0: Yeah. So not even just after things have been um, answered, but during the prayers to offer up the Thanksgiving with a thankful heart. Yeah, First Thessalonians 5:18. Mike,
4: in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you.
0: Mm. That's a tough one. In everything give thanks. Sometimes I don't feel very thankful. <laughs> I tell ya. It was like I was saying earlier. Gives us trials
3: sometimes to bring us through difficult times. And it's important to thank Him for those as well.
0: You're wherever right, Not just the good
3: stuff, but the bad mm-hmm. stuff too.
0: It doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. Sometimes it's easier no. to thank Him for the bad stuff after you come through it. <laughs> but when you're right smack in the middle of the bad stuff, it's not always easy to say thank you at that point in time, you know, but it it says we should be. Yes. Right? I,
3: I always say it's not a problem, it's a challenge.
0: Well, yeah.
2: Yes. <laughs> it's, it, it
0: is still hard to thank him in the middle of a challenge sometimes. Yes. Yes. Yeah, especially if you're if you if you're going through illness and you feel miserable yeah. as it is yeah. your state of mind isn't always very thankful <laughs> and, you know and, and that goes for anything I, but it does say we're supposed to be and, and in another person and I and some of you may know the reference I don't know but um, it says uh, uh, in all situations I'm to be content yes. in, in everything you know and mm-hmm. that's not an easy thing either because we live in a world of, of discontent mm-hmm. really. Um, n- nobody's happy with what they have. Everybody's striving for more or wanting more or whatever. And so being thankful and being content in the circumstances that you're in right now, it's not impossible because if we're following hard after the Lord, he puts a thankful heart in us. But, some boy, sometimes it's pretty difficult. <laughs> I
3: think it's an opportunity to really test
0: your faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is definitely Philippians yeah. 4, yeah. 11. Not that you? I speak. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, he just says
3: that I always live. Mhm. So that's right. There good and best.
0: That's right. That's right. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned,
1: in whatever state I am, yeah. to be content. Yeah. There you go. Know.
0: Yeah, I knew I knew it was Paul, but I couldn't remember which place it was. So yeah, um, I think we're at Ephesians 5:20. Who has that one? Uh, okay. No, no. oh, Ephesians five verse twenty.
3: It says giving thanks always for all things unto God in mm-hmm. the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he doesn't say just the things that you like to give thanks for no. that are looking good for you. He says all things. Mm-hmm.
0: Interestingly though, sometimes we we get to the good things and we forget to say thank you during those times because we're taking it for granted as well so yeah, that's right. it does say always and always it's hard to do it when you're in the middle mm-hmm. of the muck mm-hmm. but it's also sometimes you forget it when that's you're right. in the good times so yeah both ways Alvin sometimes we don't
2: realize we've already won. yes yeah
0: yes. no matter what it is. well um, last week and actually World Day of Prayer we sang um, It Is Well With My Soul remember mm-hmm. last last mm-hmm. week we sang that and um, many of you know the story, but I don't, I don't know the whole story, but the gentleman who wrote that hymn, I think your dad talked about this one yeah. Sunday he was here. Yeah. Um, the gentleman who wrote that hymn wrote it after he had lost his, his, his daughters, four daughters, I believe, had lost, lost his business. Lost, like he, he was like a modern-day Job, pretty much, and he lost everything, and he wrote that song. And it's, it is well with my soul, you know. Whatever happens, it's well with my soul. And in the version we sang, it had that extra chorus. If you remember that we sang here, and it um, it's, it is well with my soul. Uh, God has prevailed, mm. right? Because that that's why we are able to. It is say it is well with our soul because exactly we said God is victorious, and through Him we are victorious as well.
2: Amen this is the hard
0: part, it when we're there or in those things, we don't, we lie, we're feeling, yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah, we need, and if, uh, the, I think the, the big thing is, is, is to keep your, keep our eyes on Jesus, because he's the one, he already knows, so, so this is, that's all I have for you today, but the reason I, I think of it is I think that, oh sorry Alvin. i just gonna say one more thing.
2: Some of it is when we pray, not realizing we have one, and especially if God puts prayer on our hearts, it's going to happen. It has
0: to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my encouragement. Through, oh, sorry, <laughs> What's the first
2: name? Isaac. Well, I was going
0: to
1: say.
0: Well, he wrote. He wrote Amazing Grace. John Newton. John, oh, Newton. John, John Newton. John Newton wrote Amazing Grace. It wasn't John Newton that wrote it as well. No, John Newton wrote Amazing Grace. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember the guy's name. Um, Horatio maybe Stafford, I think, is the guy that wrote it as well. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Is it Horatio Stafford? I don't know.
1: I don't know that name.
0: Okay. I could be wrong. Anyway, right. we'll, we'll Google, Google it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Google tells us everything. But yeah, it, it's quite an amazing story. If you ever get to read the the story of the gentleman oh, okay. who wrote it as well. He had lost his family yeah, he'd lost, lost a lot. Like yeah, his his wife and daughters left three days before he did to go on the boat to mm-hmm. England, right. and there was a storm, and the boat sank, and only his wife was saved. Um, he lost his business to fire, I think. Um, like it was a whole bunch of stuff, and a of anybody that I mean, to me he was a modern day Job in a lot of ways. And for anybody to be able to come through that and write a hymn, It is well with my soul, mm. like that's huge because it things wouldn't be very well. And that I think that shows, you know, he, he was able to still thank the Lord in the middle of trials Amen. and tribulations. So yeah. So my encouragement to all of us is this is that <clears throat> If you have a prayer request that is on your heart, mm-hmm. don't give up. Keep praying, mm-hmm. keep praying, keep praying, yeah. keep praying, keep praying. Um, if you have a prayer request um, that you have not got somebody to pray for you about, come to somebody and pray. Yeah. Get them to pray because having <clears throat> when two or three are gathered, or when two or three yeah. are of one mind to pray, you know we we have a lot. There's a lot of power in that yeah. prayer. Um, you know. And in the middle of our muck of life, whatever that muck might be at this important time of mm-hmm. life, um, if we keep our eyes on Jesus as our high priest, as Alvin said, then Amen. yeah, we can look with a thankful heart and make it through the muck mm-hmm. and hopefully be able to sing It Is Well With My Soul at the end. Mm-hmm. So. And he
2: will show
0: us how to be yeah. yeah, that's right. Exactly not an easy state to, 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 well, it's not anything that we can do on our own. Oh, definitely. Because I, I can't, if I was relying on myself in the middle of problems, I would certainly not be content. So, let me pray for us and then we'll, so Father, we thank you so much. Um, We thank you that we can come to you in prayer. We thank you that you are the Lord of hosts and that you are already victorious. and all of the things that we are dealing with in our lives, um, those are just—that's just stuff, <laughs> and it's all temporary because um, our home is with you, and that is eventually where we'll be. And Father, we just thank you so much for the work that you're doing in us. That even though it may be hard things, as Ken said earlier, it's—it's—it's it's, it's a way that we can um, strengthen our faith and come out. Um, hopefully stronger and more in line with the way you want us to be living. Mm-hmm. Father, if there's anything that we need to surrender to you, um, I pray, Father, that you would um, that you would work in our hearts to bring that to our minds so that we know what it is. If we already know what it is, I pray you'll give us the strength to be able to actually surrender it. Um, Father, we thank you so much for what you're doing. I pray, Father, for... Um, all of the prayer requests that are on each one of our hearts, Lord, um, some of them are spoken, some of them aren't spoken. But, Father, you know. And, Father, if there's anyone here today that needs prayer before they leave, I pray that you would um, give them opportunity to seek someone out to pray for them. And, Father, I just pray that you'll give us um, things brought to our mind this week um, to pray for each other, mm-hmm. to hold each other up. Um, and Father, we just thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Amen.